welcome to a Thursday edition of the Overlook Hour. I know um, Clark's been out on vacation, and we said we weren't going to do anything on Thursday, like any interviews, but we reserved the right to hold one if if somebody really special popped up. And uh, I, th- I think it's pretty obvious. My favorite guest is back, uh, Jorge Torres Torres. And he brought one of his stars of his new movie, uh, Dane Marks. You, Dane, you still Correct. there? Okay, good. I'm here. Hey, hello. You got any any relation to Carl there? Um, I don't. I don't know. You don't know yes. Carl Marx? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know if there's any uh, any direct. I think it might be a different family. I'm told. But yeah, the, yeah, no, no. I, I think it's more of the research is still no, no, still being. No, he's made. kind of he's kind of like the six Marx brother. Okay. He's not really. Yeah, it's not. All right, He's Dano. He's I, Drano. I, I promise I won't stick it up like that again, Dane, and involve you. I'm sorry there. And uh, again, <laughs> one, our good friend, our cinematographer for everything we do over in the East Bay, who hasn't answered any of my texts for two weeks now, <laughs> but then at lunch, when I found out we were going to get Jorge on the line, <laughs> answered immediately, followed by a long apology. And I, you know, I told him, I said, you know what? I just found out Jorge's going to be in town showing his film on Friday. So I know it's like I gave you like an hour heads up. I'm like, I know you, you can't, you don't want to shoot over here and make it. So meet me on Friday. He's like, no, I'll be there. <laughs> Jasadi Perkins, thank you for showing up what's and up, what's up? finally I- answering my text. <laughs> we spoke last time uh, and I don't think you probably saw me because I don't think we had the video or oh, you guys didn't have your video on. So yeah, Jorge, last time um, we had you on here, uh, you were with your buddy Jason and um after we, I think we talked for a couple of hours, um, we stopped recording, but we, we trapped you for another hour. <laughs> and I mostly let Jasadi talk to you about like technical yeah. questions he had. Because the first time we had you on, he was as uh, taken aback as I was by your camera work on Fat Tuesday. And he, he roasted me for not asking any technical questions. <laughs> so... Again, you're, you know, I, I invited you here because I told you I would if he came back. Yeah. But, you know, don't cramp my style. I'll let you in when, when you can. Yeah, I got you. And I know you haven't seen the film yet. I'm, uh-huh. I'm one of the few privileged to have. And, um, again, a long intro, but apologies for the sound quality. Uh, Clark is on vacation, which everybody knows. But Randy also couldn't make it today because that little dick is watching Red Rocket at the plaza in atlanta so uh good fuck you randy that's a double entendre uh, god yeah you know red rocket right no i'm just saying red rocket and little dick okay i'm gonna cut your mic <laughs> off god damn it so how, how have you been little jorge red rocket yeah little red rocket um yeah no just been doing great just uh just working a lot um but the work involves a lot of doc stuff so um and then yeah just finishing up bride which uh dane and i you know kind of started conceiving like on the last days of december of, of last year um right before february mardi gras came around so it, it feels like this year kind of flew by and we're working on other stuff and now i'm just trying to get dane to continue being my divine you know um yeah that's it i've been good how, how have you been? So, <laughs> how have y'all been dude we've just been busy um 
Yeah, there's so much going on. We've been doing guest hosting since Clark's been gone, and that's been a trip. Uh, I mean, again, Clark is on vacation, but I'm also on vacation from Clark. So I've been having a good time in here. Uh, you know, because you've been on the show, he likes to cut it early. The past two episodes we recorded uh, went over three hours. So he's not happy about that, but whatever. Um, now, Jorge, now that I have you, I have to ask you. I always get notifications on my phone that you're doing live streams on Instagram. Yet every time I jump on there, you're never doing it. He does it for like six seconds and then he doesn't keep it on his profile. What the hell is yeah. that? What kind of tease? What are you doing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's almost like if you're there to hang out at that moment, that would be great. But I really don't want to let this thing linger. But if you saw it, It'd be awesome, but I'm not. Nobody's angry. Everybody's having a good time. I think I caught one of them, and I, uh, you were filming like a hallway, and you were walking down it, and I just remember thinking, like, <laughs> like he went to Six Flags. Was that it? No, that's not it. No, no, no. That was a Hard Rock Cafe in Orlando. I was there because I was there with my boss. And uh, we were doing horror nights in September, and then they keep playing all this stuff, all this just stuff from you know, like there's Iron Maiden like um, uh, videos playing in the lobby on all these screens, and, and followed by YouTube, and then whatever, and then uh, so all these this music's going, I'm just smoking weed and walking down this hallway because there's so much echo. And uh, I used to cover that song with Ceramic Duck, this like metal, this noise metal band i was in and uh we, we used to cover kickstart my heart the song i was singing down the <laughs> yeah yeah that, that yeah that's the start of that what the hell what did you play in the band uh well mostly bass in in that specific band but then i'd switch to guitar and i played drums on some songs but it was yeah it was a yeah it was a monster it's pretty we had our the first song on the on the first album the album was called uh, 300 Cobras, and the first song was called Shut That Fucking Baby Up. Um, <laughs> Shut that fucking baby up. Fuck Shut yeah. Shut that fucking baby up. <laughs> Dude. All right. That was cool. a great band, Ceramic Duck. You guys missed out. Oh, shit. Like, oh, they're oh, yeah. like Cookie Monster on Acid. Cookie Monster on Acid. That was an amazing band. Well, and, and it was also, it came around because Dane and I, when I was living in Athens, Georgia, um, I, 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 I just moved to Athens in 2001, and we started a noise, because in Athens, Georgia, there's so many musicians, it's just such a crossover, you know, within months, I'd already met, like, John Cameron Mitchell, who was just there for Hedwig, and was friends with, you know, a lot of the guys that that, that we were hanging out that Dane already knew that they meant Yeah, Julian Coster and those guys. Yeah. Uh Dane was in this band called a pretty popular band called Zum Zum and um we um yeah, we started this band called Zombie Soundtrack. And then that over the years, uh, other bands and experiments ended up being Ceramic Duck, which was also like horror, just just crazy, just the cover was just like a black screen with an upside down dripping candy colored candy drippy upside down cross with googly eyes smiling with like jelly white bubbles like spilling out of the mouth <laughs> <laughs> so you always have that visual aesthetic even when you're doing music 
Well, before all that, it was just very beautiful and melodic sort of albums, like very well put together with like very specific lyrics and like um, harmonies and very different. I, I And then there were sort of other bands that were just complete, uh, just, you know, just there was more of an ambience. Um, yeah, Dane and I, I met Dane when I was 16 and he was 19 and we started a, our first band was called October Ground Fly. Oh. And, uh, and then Dane and I showed me the first, I remember after practicing, you know, it's like Sunday before going back to high to school on Monday. And he's like, have you, we were, we're rehearsing at his house in Crowley where Bride of Shadow Zombie takes place. And uh, he's like, wait, you haven't seen Hellraiser one or Hellbound? What? And he, sits me through both of them and i love it <laughs> yet he knows that it it brought this depression on me that day i, I felt super fucking whacked out and sad um but i loved it uh, but it was just so like what love it and uh but it was like it hit me um yeah i've known this that, that guy for a long time wow that that is pretty interesting because hellraiser is the most melancholy of all the slasher pantheon yeah so if a jorge torres torres was going to be influenced by a slasher that that checks out <laughs> so how did you feel about the second one which is kind of like a big studio movie and it it kind of gets off the rails from the tone of the first well um funny enough it's one of the first nugget the, the first little sprinkles of like inspiration of like of like because because the second one is is also an homage to like jim james wells like bride of frankenstein and all this stuff and i jokingly when shadow zombie came out first one in 2013 in festivals in 2015 was like online i uh i just remembered just just kind of like um um i don't know dane how, how, um like uh I'm trying to explain three things um, tied up to one thing that um, <laughs> it, 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 it's just Bride of Shadow Zombie. I, I jokingly, I would say, oh, yeah, let's make a sequel. It's Bride of Shadow Zombie. And it's going to be about Kim's uh, wife that he actually has. Didn't you know he had a wife? He's still, he's still married. He never, like, divorced. It just like, uh, so let's just do a doc and just make a horror movie about that. And I just kept on joking about that. And then um, a lot of movies, like, you know, Bride of, uh, I'm sorry, Hellbound came to mind as like doing this homage without uh, homage without even doing it. You know, it was just embedded in the influence. And in, and there's nothing uh, in Bride of Shadow Zombie where I am we're creating a female or like uh, pairing anything. Uh, <laughs> it's just sort of, it's sort of destiny and people, um, and it's just it's just a playful. Um, just very old-fashioned title for a movie that is just very clearly not not um, um, uh, oh god um, just um, classical. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it or like it's um, a sequel. It's a title of a sequel. Yeah, it's just the title of a sequel. Yeah, it. You know, I've been. While I was at work and when I learned I was going to be talking to you, I was trying to mull over the 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 title you chose, Bride of Shadow Zombie. And I kept I kept thinking about it. And 
You know, I'm glad we were talking about Hellraiser because Hellraiser 2 is is much larger, larger and the perspective shifts. And in Shadow Zombie and your other films, well, actually, it's not true for Fat Tuesday now that I'm thinking about it. But you, you know, the, the empathy horror, the, uh, the term I'm so proudly coined. And I saw that, uh, yes. that, uh, yes. another yes. hole in the head Thank used it. Man. I'm like, dude, hell yeah. Well, no, no, no. I, I, because I passed it on. I was like, this is the name now. This is what it, it came from, hey. you know, hell yeah. From, from our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've, uh, I can die now. So thank you for that. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. So with empathy horror, I, you know, it's the kind of how I would articulate your films is that it's the only kind of horror that you have to let in, like you have to open up and really feel with these characters. And then, you know, then it, you, you wonder why you did it. And you're like, well, because it's, it is a, mostly positive journey that you know the harshness of reality creeps into and with bride i noticed there was a shift even in your perspective here where a lot of the empathy horror films are kind of you know you capture them in a home and it's like here's the private life it's kind of like what david lynch deals with where it's like you know behind the picket fences all the horror happens but now in bride a shadow zombie we're dealing with Crowley, which it seemed like a town I had known of by via name, but I don't know. I don't know. Crowley might just be so such a like normally, I don't know, like popular name, like I don't know, Mister Crowley. But you almost have like a David Simon perspective here, where I mean, fuck, you have a drone in this film, like, and I have, to, I, I had, to, I was taken aback almost. Where uh, I believe early on in the film, we have a small montage of like billboards that are dilapidated. They're falling apart. And it's just like this perspective is much broader. And I, I kept thinking of like The Wire where I'm like, okay, Crowley is a character in this. And I, I was trying to think of how to set up a sequel to Shadow Zombie. Which Shadow Zombies easy. It's kind of got that like skate punk vibe where we're doing kind of like Harmony Korean. Like it's very Jorge Torres Torres where we're dealing with the family. It's kind of one that uh, most movies wouldn't want representing America, but you learn there's a lot of heart there. But for the sequel, I'm like, I like how how do you set up the movie for people? <laughs> Because um, you almost want to well, call it a direct sequel, but it's not because there's a huge right. time lapse there. But we do kind of yeah. we, we pick back up. Yes. No, I mean, in the time lapse in the narrative, plus the time lapse, because uh, Shadow Zombie was the, what, kind of the first, the second movie I was working on that was my film. I was doing Toad Road. At the time I had finished editing Toad Road for a banker, I... I'd done like four other films. Um, so by this point, I don't know if Fat Tuesday is somewhere on 11 or 12 or something. I don't like in terms of like uh, just number of projects I had to like edit, which each one is like a, each one, it feels like I just like graduated class on something. Like it never feels like I was like, oh yeah, I edited it and I'm using this and I'm going to edit this one. The same. No. It's like each one had a up and down emotional, technical, professional kind of like uh, trajectory journey. Um, and um, I, I guess like it, it, it when you show Shadows on me, which is like the raw 
first i'm talking about the first one uh it, like first raw me approach and, and knowing stepping into what we were talking about for the first time empathy horror because dane was supposed to be in the first shadow zombie uh shadow zombie was supposed to be a comedy about about kim's wife about kim getting out of no about his wife getting out of jail and him having a huge party and dane comes to perform dane didn't make it to the movie uh, and i just had to shoot with kim and then when i came to face with all the harsh realities about you know the time lapse in our friendship and you know how we've grown old and you know his 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 life with drugs and all this stuff then i that's when i learned about the empathy horror stuff and i think i applied that and i still made other sort of very different films that just had other angles and other dynamics and then I feel it's so great to visit that and it feels to me so clearly normal because I've, and I've been editing for like this company bang bang and they're great and I, I do these crazy kind of flashy crazy videos of tattooing and um and now I'm doing doc stuff and it's just it's it's a little more just polished crazier stuff so all that stuff bled into my work, even the drone, as you mentioned, like uh, they had two drones on a shelf. One of them was destroyed. <laughs> I think they flew it inside the store. And then the second one was just getting, just, just, just collecting dust. And I was like, ah, we're going to learn how to do this. And then, um, uh, yeah, and I just grabbed it and, um, and we just did these shots and, you know, and then, even the editing and like the scene with the rain when they there's a scene where they reunite friends reunite and they're in front of the rain that scene was all a single take um but it doesn't look like it just because it's been so long from the first one to this one that i can play around and i know exactly where i'm at the first one is definitely just uh has a different rhythm and a different like uh, approach to the fly on the wall. This is more of a fever dream, and it does have a more ending thing because you know it's been like what ten years since we made this other film, and we've you know we've seen other friends die. We've said, so so it's just it, it would definitely show in the style, and I was so excited. It was just completely. Um, just a fucking it wasn't even following the three acts it's just like wow, just like one dream after the other do 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 the audio is just mess and in, in, in the most beautiful heavenly sense um but yeah yes that's <laughs> now here here's the thing i uh i i'm in that mode where you have like a favorite band in high school and you kind of don't want to share it with people but you love it and when other people like it you're kind of like I don't know, like get away from my band, except it's reversed <laughs> because now here's the thing. Bright, a shadow zombie. Um, it's going to be premiering out here at another hole in the head. And I keep trying to put myself in the position of somebody who's never seen shadow zombie and what it's going to be like coming in here. And you don't need to. That's the thing. I, I got to stop you. I, I think Dan and I, even the way that we were running, whether we we're like, ah, anybody can watch this. And if they watch the, that's why it has flashback. Well, the flashbacks are outtakes and extended things that are in the movie, but it's a, an alternate take of things and like stuff that I didn't show. 
Um, so it, it, it has a grounding of its own. And, and yeah, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out. No, we you're fine. I, I think it's interesting because I feel like at some point you were worried about this too. Where, I mean, so Bride is such an iconic like sequel name. And yeah. it's interesting because now um, when, I, when we first watched S- Shadow Zombie, and I mean we, because the team I have with me today are the people I watched it with. And uh, Jasadi stayed late after we talked to you the first time and we watched uh, Shadow Zombie and we were blown away by the digital ghost. And I mean that in a literal sense with the original Shadow Zombie. Now, I know you haven't seen this one, Jasadi, mm-hmm. but there there isn't so much... There is a digital ghost. It just takes a different form. And while I was driving here from work, I was thinking about it. And uh, Jorge shot this this year. Oh, Like in February, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like nine days or something. Fucking crazy. It was nine days in February, and it was the first freeze in Louisiana in like 10 years or something. That's why, yeah, there was snow and uh, roses in bloom were like, freezing with water dripping on it yeah and you know um as a fan of your your filmography louisiana's in a lot of it except this time it looked different and it's almost perfect it's almost kind of like a cold representation of normally what you see is a lively city and i know in the film um oh man so here here's what i've been worried about now but, I mean, what, there's there's been a time lapse in the world of the pandemic i mean it, it was so, i yeah we had to i was like dane we have to make we were originally going to make a movie with dane's family um because they're very important uh people in, in crowley in terms of they've been around and, and, and during mardi gras they're part of these celebrations and we wanted to make a doc about that and uh and that all got canceled so we knew that Louisiana was going to be completely different than Fat Tuesday or even the first Shadow Zombie. It was just going to be like, you know, like war stricken. Just what the hell? You know, and it was. It was crazy. It was like there's a scene of a guy driving and and he's pulling another car and the other car doesn't have a tire, front left (laughs) tire, and it's just a rim. Yeah. And there's, there's a cop behind him. And we're like, oh, they're gonna get stopped, and then the cop just like stops at the Dunkin' Donuts and the car go. And I'm like, what the Priorities. fuck is? And he's just destroying the roads, like, like, what is going on? So yeah, it's just the yeah. Anyway. Now, now, pardon my tangent, but we have a uh, a good special effects friend out in Louisiana, Bill Spataro, and I talk to him all the time, and I just. I always harass him because I, I want him to just take his phone out and capture some of the footage. Now, he was the one that reported to us during COVID and he was saying rats have taken over the town because they're used to the tourism and they like to eat all the garbage. But now that nobody's here, they're everywhere. And he was the one who I was communicating with when they had the hurricane warning and they were like locked down. Now, he stayed behind when they were telling everybody evacuate. But he was kind of telling me the the culture that came out of it and like the kind of lawless nature. Where did you get any footage during that time? I, I just had to ask. In New York, yes. Okay. Yes. No, I've from the moment from from a week before I just bought the newest GoPro for from for work, and I I was just getting the city and this like legless guy like directing traffic traffic by screaming and like and just 
obscenities to the cars <laughs> um and going from that to like nothing because then i would ride through manhattan and stuff and, and then all of a sudden it would just be just empty streets and then a guy in a plastic bubble with christmas lights and a speaker <laughs> inside it's just floating around and you're like or like shit or just like just walking around man just hearing all the people that are dying all this shit and you're like okay it's a beautiful day i'm gonna step out and ride my bike and then you just stop because there's a woman just walking a white horse like on the fucking street and oh, you're like shit holy fuck um yeah just stuff like that um and then just getting like flashed by you know a woman while you're trying to get a burrito okay we need people like you out there with the camera capturing this stuff and have you ever watched how to with john williams yeah i know uh i know a, people, a couple of people that work on it Okay, because uh, when I when I see that show, because we we just watched uh, episode one and two of season two, and uh, you're the one that comes to mind. Where I'm like, you got to be present and to work a frame and to capture like the emotion of the moment and know how to present it. I always think of you there, and to bring it back to to Dane showing up in a Bride of Shadow Zombie when he first appears and you you just talked about this earlier how you shot it in one take man the camera work compared to the first film is i i'm gonna i mean this in a good way it's almost yeah. manic like you have your camera likes to move and you know originally it's what i loved about fat tuesday was i love a busy camera and i think you know as a horror fan i think it comes from like italian cinema and kind of just trying to keep an audience engaged but yours is so methodical and you you called your film a like a fever dream earlier and i honestly i think that's the way i'm going to pitch it to people from now on it's like imagine you have a character who's kind of living in like a 90s aesthetic in the first film and we're we're doing a character piece on a real person and then we pick it back up in you know one of the worst times of the lockdown in a city that's known for having the only culture left in America and it's gone. During during the the point, Dane, and then Dane can attest that during the point where it's like it's it's the month. Yeah. It's the month that defines a lot uh, like you know and I, it's sadly but at the same time greatly like just just the culture like everybody knows about like that that sort of carnival yeah. just like uh, you know well um, it happens the whole month because it's always a different time because it all depends on a certain jewish holiday passover or something it's like so many days because you know uh, you know, Mardi Gras, the Fat Tuesday, you're supposed to be debaucherous. It's like the the purge. And then the next day is Ash Wednesday, and, you know, you get the ashes on your forehead, and you um, give something up for 40 days le- during Lent. It's yeah. all, like, seasonal. Yeah, and again, uh, when I was talking about my my... You know, because we do a film fest and everything, and I'm always thinking about what's the right way to present a film. And I I think this one's going to require people, they show up and they pay attention. Because this is a film 
that you know I I would call empathy horror, but a lot of the horror is derived from the absence of people, which is, you know, it took me a minute in the film, but halfway through I was like, God, this is like rough. Like I mean, I, again, out here in the Bay Area, everybody's still like is so scared. But you know, there's a moment where uh, Dane and Kim are in a car and they're talking about, hey, is there going to be a parade? They're like, I don't think so, man. And it's like, not only is there like nobody out there, it's like dead. It's a ghost town. Actually, you know, so where is Crowley? I'm not familiar. Um, Crowley is between Lake Charles and Lafayette on I-10. Mm. Okay. Um, so west west of Lafayette, which is west of Baton Rouge, the Chafalaya Basin area. Yeah, my brother's... My brother's grandfather is from Lafayette. Okay, I know Lafayette Ooh. and Baton Rouge. I lived in Lafayette for nine years. Eight. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's where we had our band together. Was in Lafayette. Okay, well, you bring up the band now. Is the band really table snot? Is that real? Is that band um, in the film? Dang, Actually, yeah, please elaborate, table, please. Table snot was a real band. Um, uh, Jorge and I were in a band called uh, October Groundfly. He mentioned earlier. And Kim was, um, he was like our like roadie kind of, <laughs> and we, we like, we like, we, we told him he was our manager. He didn't really do any managing, but you know, he would ride in the van and he was kind of like our hype oh guy. God. And, uh, we even had a couple of songs that he would shake maracas on <laughs> and, uh, and he, um, we gave him yeah. one, we gave him one line in a song. We, we kind of wrote the song just so he he could have a vocal part, and um, you know we were all oh living in Lafayette during this era, and you know uh, everyone had kind of like their own solo projects going, and our friend Jason Tron had a four track, and then Jorge got his own four track, and um, we and so we I think we started passing it around or something. Or maybe eventually I got a four track too. And at some point, you know, Kim came to me and he was like, oh, I want to record some songs. And so, um, you know, he and I like just kind of messed around and did some recordings. And um, in the first Shadow Zombie, um, Kim plays the tape for Brandy. And oh, that's that's actual, uh, that's our recordings from our four track from <laughs> the actual Table Stunt album. <laughs> that we did so it was it was more like a like a four track kim's four track solo project i would say yeah and, and we, and we I, played i think we played one or two shows um did you yeah <laughs> in the street yeah Tim in the Tim kitchen and sean yeah <laughs> and um you know because we we were just messing around like after practice and stuff and um the instruments were set up in the kitchen where they lived. Um, I, because he lived with Kim. Kim kind of stayed with you, right? A lot of the time. Yeah, he lived. Yeah, he lived in the house with like nine other people. Rad. No, and he had. Yeah, he <laughs> had a song called "Dead Indiana Smurfs," and I remember I was filming him, and I can't find the footage. We never found. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he's a. Uh, it's just this big rift and and he and he just takes his time and he just goes uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he was oh, 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 oh. <laughs> a performer. He like, I, I mean, that, and it's just like it is wild. That one show that we did play, I think he gave the mic to somebody in the audience for over half of it. <laughs> Damn, man, that was my inspiration because I knew that immediate. I was driving on. Um, it was a. 29th of December, I was driving from Athens, Georgia, back to New York, and halfway through it, I don't know what state I was in. I, I remember just uh, just calling Dan and be like, "We're making the sequel to Shadow Zombie, and the band is getting back together." And blah blah blah. And I'm driving like, and like um, he's like, "Okay, cool, cool." And then you know, yada yada yada. Like a month and a half later, we're like making the movie. Man. I love it because it sounds like when I was in high school too. Although I was in three different bands, never played a show. So you, you know, Table Snot has one up on me. Now, now let me let me try and reset this movie again too because I want to make sure that people are clear and can follow us here. So in the original Shadow Zombie, there's going to be a light spoiler here. It's about a uh, kind of an outcast character falling in love and then losing that love. Now in Bride of Shadow Zombie, he's kind of haunted by it. And in the first film, there's like a digital ghost, like literally, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. which is kind of a representation of like depression. And it, it's always creeping in exactly when you don't want it to. In this film, we don't see the depression ghost, but we have actual footage. I'm guessing what is real footage, a lot of it at least, of um, our characters, our real life characters in the past. And it's kind of like a representation of memory and better times. And then we have Dane show up. Now, Dane showing up is interesting because our our lead, our shadow zombie, is feeling more alone than ever, which seems like an impossible feat. And then we have a ghost of a former friend materialized. Now, I I have personally some friends who, you know, when I came out of high school, I, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do, and I felt kind of crippled by it. I didn't do college, and I kind of just went right into, like, a roundtable job, and I only got the job because my dad called his buddy and said, hire my son. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been, like, floating on couches and doing nothing, and I've had friends who kind of, like, dipped in and out of my life and kind of out of nowhere and I literally been in a band with people and had them disappear and then show up years later and it's really interesting how when you see somebody you haven't you knew very intimately and they come back into your life how you try to like reshape your life to fit them back in and in this film we have um kim you know the idea of a band pops back up and it's like, hey, let's get the band back together. And it's almost like, let's find that common ground that we used to have. And I'm, I'm curious, like, how much of that is real? Because I know one of the hallmarks of a Jorge's, Jorge Torres Torres film is we're really blurring the line here. And uh, clearly through all the home videos, the, your cast is, they're all friends and they've known each other this amount of time. So I'm curious if Dane, did you actually vanish and make a reappearance? Like how much of this story is true? Um, yeah, there's a lot of real reality to it. I, um, you know, for, I guess really it was October ground Groundfly was the band, the, the actual band. And then, um, I, I left Lafayette kind of and traveled the country and, um, very transiently. I did a lot of hitchhiking and 
Um, I lived in, in the mountains and national parks and up and down the West Coast. Um, you know, I spent some time in San Francisco um, and, uh, you know, all the way up to Portland. And, uh, and you know, every town that I lived in, you know, I kind of like would form a new band and stuff. And oh. so, like, I feel like we in 2014, October Groundfly, did a, like a 20 year reunion show and um we did some filming for that but it was hard for jorge to film and be in the in the band so um you know all the footage that we got from that like ended up being kind of like a personal thing kim was kim was there yeah. he's in a lot of that footage as well um but i think that even was, sean yeah, sean like, from yeah we wanted like i i want i wanted to make a reunion show type of film um you know with our with our other band and it didn't really work out so this was kind of like well we'll just kind of put that same element but with kim's band instead and kind of like make it into you know what the feature is now dane uh now when when you left did you tell anyone or did you just kind of vanish overnight um i guess it was more like a gradual gradual leaving like over a couple of weeks um i'm not really sure i found out i found out you were gone i i mean we weren't as close at that point because i think our band had broken up and in dane's words i had basically cheated on october Groundfly with rare avis this, <laughs> this other band um but um you know this is before we met again in um, Athens, Georgia in 2001, whenever I moved there and he had already been there. But yeah, I didn't, I remember just kind of hearing, it, there was no like, hey, everybody, look, thanks, leaving, whoop No, there was none of that. It was yeah, I like, feel like everyone- Oh, he of, left, oh, he's already gone, you know. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. everyone had kind of already like drifted apart by then and it was yeah, like, true. well, what am I still doing here? Um, you know, I need to go see the world and that's kind of like how that happened. Now, you know, I bring it up because, like I mentioned, you know, being aimless out of high school and being surrounded by people who had somehow they knew what they wanted to do. I found I formed a pretty tight group of people who had nothing to do and we would hang out and just drink. And when when one of them just kind of vanishes, I, you know, it feels like such a betrayal. So not to put you on the spot, <laughs> Dane, but I thought it was interesting in the film when you when you show back up because I've I've had that happen. And I remember one of my first thoughts being like, oh, like, fuck you. Like, kind of like, like you, you pull the plug and you're gone. And then, you know, I you figure it out and you get used to it. But now that you're back, it almost feels like it demands some kind of like regularity or, or hey, now make time for me. And it's like, dude, I've, it's almost like a lame comparison to like Castaway or something where it's like, oh, you're back off the island and life kept going, but now you're back. And I, I do have a kind of a constrictive relationship with my friends and I, I like to keep them close. And I, I don't know. I don't know if that's like an internal pressure or anything. So did you keep contact with people while you were traveling in America? Um, no, not really. I mean, we didn't we didn't really have the technology that we have now. So yeah, I like, was, yeah. I was not even the Nokia phones. Even. The little tiny. <laughs> no. Well, you this still like you had pay phones. 
Yeah, like, I mean, at times I wasn't even around like a, a landline. You know, I was like yeah, an, up in the back country in the Sierra Nevadas and and uh, early on. So, Dan, you know, the, the people the I knew that did this, they didn't do anything nearly as cool as it sounds like you did. And I'm curious. So, like, when you're on the road and you're alone with your own thoughts like that, like, I don't, I, you know, me, I listen to podcasts all day to kind of stay out of that headspace. And I know a lot of people now say, like, you know, everything that's wrong with modern day people is that we don't get the time to to mull stuff over and think about it. And I kind of make a career out of running from that. And it just terrifies me to imagine being on the road like alone. Like, are you, you're incredibly brave or it seems like you're running from something? Uh, I was running to something, I guess. Oh, I like that. And may, maybe running from something a little bit. I mean, I, you know, like, I feel like a lot of, there was a, maybe, maybe probably a lot of drama going on. And it was just too overwhelming. And, and also the, the Lafayette and Crowley, it's really stagnant to me and it would, it would get really hot and, you know, um, unbearably so sometimes, you know, it hardly ever get cold. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I, Dane's, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that I, Dane and I made a movie in 2015, a documentary uh, of a music uh, festival in Athens, Georgia called Athfest. And it, it, it's many of the artists, some from bands like the Labor Tremor Control and like uh, uh, Elf Power and whatnot, this and that. And uh, it, it, you get a sense of Dane's commitment. There's a scene where he's just naming, I don't know, he names like 30 bands that he's been in. And it's just like, Narcs, Mac, man. I mean, I, Dane, just just give me, just give us a taste. It's 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 like he's going to do a circus trick. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> But uh, but it, watch you know, the movie's on uh, on YouTube, by the way. So oh, what, what's what's the name of the movie? A peculiar, a peculiar noise. Yeah. All right, I'm writing it down. So were were you guys always big into like the noise genre? Like growing up? Yeah, Sonic Youth was like huge. Our band Nir- from Nirvana on. Nirvana was like. We, we just saw footage of Nirvana and Sonic Youth and then it was like Sonic Youth and then everything that comes under that and even bands from Austin, like in Texas, you know, from the label, uh, this, no, um, trans, uh, trans, trans syndicate, trans syndicate, which just had these crazy underground, like Ed Hall and beautiful band. Uh, it just, it was just, um, yeah, uh, we did a lot of, crazy noise um and i think a peculiar noise shows that and his relationship with people that just vibe off of that and everybody's in everybody's bands following one guy that's on on like five bands and um it's uh yeah it's something yeah and even recording a lot of those uh records and and things that we that we did when we were younger um during making films now it's easier to have a clear idea of like, oh, I wanted to spin, I wanted to stop. Oh, that's too much. Oh, that's not not nearly enough, you know. Um, so, yeah, music. Yeah, they, him and I. Yeah, we zombie soundtrack. We had a puppet and and eight other people playing. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just our like, lead singer the was, was a, a puppet. Yeah, 
Dang. Zombie Arthur. Yeah. Because, like, um, I could tell, like, I, I could tell in your work, like, it makes, I've just been getting into noise, like, the past, like, two years. I don't, have you ever heard of the band uh, Purient or Dominic Freno? No. I haven't. Uh, he also goes by Vatican Shadow, but, um, he goes by like different uh, monikers, but uh, his story was interesting. He was on a podcast talking about how he got into like industrial music and how he hearing the word industrial music, he thought it was supposed to sound one way and it didn't sound like that. So he was like, I'm going to make this other thing. And then <clears throat> that's how he like kind of got into the noise scene. But like, it's in- it's pretty interesting, like how you're like getting it, like you're in all these different noise bands and then your approach to how you make movies, because I went to my first noise show like two years ago, and I was, it was, I was waiting for this story to pop up. Yeah, and it yeah. was it was it was just the it was just a crazy because I never I mean growing up I listened to hip hop rap like I there was no way I was gonna listen to this but like as of I, I guess like the past like I would say like ten years I just grown like my music like choice have been like grown like like crazy and. Uh, the, this noise show was just interesting because like the different ways you can create sound and how it connects to a certain narrative like we had this one guy who came up who was who was like obsessed with the unabomber and then he would like have all these noises that just it would just fuck you up mentally <laughs> <laughs> and his whole aesthetic was that and he had like a like a, a projector playing like all these uh evidence files from all like the unabomber shit that they found and <laughs> I, I remember when you came back from la you were telling me about this because you were shocked that everybody was pumping up this one particular artist oh. and then you're like dude they got up there and all they did was scream, scream for literally 30 <laughs> minutes this woman and they were telling me about it, they're like yeah you gotta wait for her and she was and, and the thing the crazy thing was there was like they were selling merch and she was selling vinyls and cassettes so i'm like oh, okay like I'm, I'm gonna check her out and they're like you, you need to see her live first Yo, thirty minutes. This woman screamed, <laughs> but in like in an interesting way, where it was just like it was just like a car, like ah, 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 and and like honestly, please never do that again. <laughs> yeah, that, she did it way better. But no, like it was interesting because at a certain point, because I'm like, because like you gotta think like I'm not just gonna ride around listening to this, but <laughs> it's it's a certain thing where it's like it almost created this other sound. And you hear it enough to where it's so absurd that like it it does something else to you mentally. And I see noise as like as like the I see it as like the martyr of like music of like we're doing things now musically that ten years later we're gonna it's gonna be placed into popular music. Now, I hear it all the time. Here's like, the thing: I think about this regularly, mm-hmm. like why, um, uh, like particularly because I listen to a lot of like extreme metal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mostly do it as a backdrop and I think it, I swear, I must have ADD where I'm constantly thinking about stuff. And what it allows me to do is like, if I listen to it loud, it kind of gives me a clarity. Like yeah. I, like I almost tune it out and then I'm kind of like left alone to have like calm, like solid deep thoughts mm-hmm. and i think you know noise is a, a great way to do it i actually lived with a dude who was in a noise band and um he always talked about how san jose had a big scene have have either is that true like i'm here with two people who played in noise bands have you all ever heard that no i i, I don't i mean the thing is we this is a time where these pockets 
of time where I'm like, oh, have you heard of Ed Hall or Bedhead? It's like they they seem very specific to the region yeah. because yeah. even so, I by '99 or '97 or whatever, I was like watching Sean Marshall like videos that were like these MP4 fucking weird, fucked up like shit, like you know, uh, for Cat Power. I, I, you know, I it seems yeah, it, it's just interesting how. Uh, I don't know. It, it feels very uh, sucked in into some weird pocket um, that is slowly dying off. Not <laughs> I feel like um, um, just because it's not. Uh, well, you know, it evolves. There. Yeah, it evolves into mm-hmm. something else. It's it's like mm-hmm. that artist I was telling you about. He's like I think he was like from like a small town in Wisconsin, and it just reminds me of like how you, how you guys talk about like Crowley and and Lafayette. It's like. Um, he's getting into a scene that like a few of his friends is getting to in that little pocket. And they literally performed a, a, a live noise show right. in this local park, like outside yeah. where like families and kids are hanging at. So oh, well, like, the, 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 the scene when he's outside, when they're in the parking lot, they're, they're reading out just a basic, uh, Lafayette news, whatever paper thing and it. It's just reading everything that's canceled, which is everything. Cause I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, this is the whole scene right here. I'm just going to like <laughs> empty parking, empty parking lot. It's cold. They're dressed like they're ready to party. This is going to be awesome. And I, we did it in like one take. And, uh, what's interesting about that scene. It's at the, at the end of that scene. I think they, it's all improvised. Uh, it mm. starts off. I set them off with, you know, with the list, which is just enough of a, you know, just enough to, to, to just go in and, 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 and build up the frustration. And, um, but then it just builds up to stuff. I, they, they're improvising and it hits them. Like we guys were just talking about because Kim, it, he says something to the effect of, you know, we could just set up right here and start playing and, you know, can start playing in this parking lot you know and you know people will just stop and start listening and then dane you know responds with <laughs> dane responds with oh yeah 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 that's right that's right we don't need people and um <laughs> and that's the end of this and i'm like oh yeah that's perfect um um they brought it to a very uh, sincere sentiment um, because in Lafayette you just had to do things or else it would just not get done even though they yeah. seem fucking futile and they're just like these uh, these tiny bursts just lost in a fucking storm it just you know it just sucks that you know we we, yeah, we did crazy things because um, Lafayette really just pushed you to fucking it was just stagnant, like Dane was saying, and uh, yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, Dane is from from Crowley, by the way. Um, I don't know if that was mentioned. He was born there. Um, it's that's where we, you know. Um, I don't know. So there's a lot of sincerity to, I think, the hardships to being young in Lafayette, and then Crowley, which is even a smaller town, twenty something minutes outside of Lafayette. Mm. Um, which we would get, you know, one dollar whoppers. <laughs> one dollar whoppers. Oh my goodness! I'm in the wrong yeah, place. Back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, that was like that was like November fifth, nineteen fifty five. That was a long time ago. 
Yeah. Now, Dane, thank you, thank you for being so uh, forthcoming about that. I felt like I was kind of <laughs> grilling you, were getting a little too personal there earlier. <laughs> but you, you just uh, from the minute you showed up on camera, I felt like I knew you. Like you just, you represent a type of person in my life that just it clicked. And you know, Jorge just manages to capture people in this authentic like tone, and. I, I could just imagine like going through all those beats again because you know when you when you have a close friend come back into town the first thing they're going to do is ask about all the other close friends that you had right. and and it's interesting with shadow zombie because it's like in the first film we don't really see any like he, he's definitely at parties and he's hanging out with people and he seems like a cool dude he's he's like and but nobody really that close to him and then you show up and and we literally do this we're going into people's houses we're meeting people he's playing in a band and it seems so out of character and i just had to know like is that real also at the end of the film i love how uh you know how every movie has the um and i mean the end end because i'm trying not to spoil it because i know jasadi hasn't seen or anything no but in the credits yeah in the credits you know how they always have the like hey any uh similarity to reality is purely coincidental your film straight up says you know <laughs> this non-fiction fictional film <laughs> like where where is the line drawn like in like it's Actually, so hard it's so hard to tell jorge like just as somebody who's a fan i think the line is drawn in the setting um the narrative is loosely on based on uh, a version of reality but i think because we're not wearing, you know, costumes, really, you know, we're kind of being ourselves and being in our own element. I don't know. Does that make sense? You know, it's interesting that you call it costumes because I actually feel like you are, but it's not that right. you're, you're in costumes because of like regular social anxiety or anything. It's almost like everybody in this film is in a costume because of COVID. And when literally when you show up, you're in a mask. And you're kind of right. like playing a prank, like almost like a Halloween or something. And when when we're meeting people, it's like I, I've on this show, I've expressed how much I hate masks in film because I feel like it's going to date it. And I know we're going to get through this thing and we're going to look back on these movies and be like, oh, I wonder when this was made, mm. except for this film, because I feel like it's an important part of the narrative because we're dealing with the dude who already is struggling socially and then now this yeah. covid thing is like just it's a filter that's put on everybody and we're all net like it's interesting watching conversations flow where people will have a nose down under their nose or a mask down under their nose or no mask or the mask will come back on and it's this weird dialogue and it almost informs you of how they're feeling and i'm i'm curious in those conversations like particularly the first one where um I believe what we're creeping in somebody's garage and they pop out. Right? Who who was that right. character? That was Shane. He, he's in the he's first the, one. He's the guy he's in, in the, the first bed. one. Yeah. The, yeah. Because I remember that interaction felt like it's like, hey, we all know each other, except there was like a pure palpable like like tension in the air. I don't know. Or if it's kinda like I don't know how cozy we should be. Um, yeah, well, Shane actually was was part of our group back in the day as well. So that's a that, that's like a genuine friendship. I hadn't I hadn't seen him since the last time I had visited the area. 
So, I mean, he he wasn't really expecting me to sh- walk into yeah. his garage. It was a surprise. We actually surprised uh, him. Something he wouldn't do during COVID. I mean, not COVID, but, you know, well, it was still. Well, both. But, you wouldn't do it during yeah. the movie or COVID. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is why, you know, I feel like uh, I might be a little biased, but COVID, it plays such an interesting role in this film. It, and then, I don't know, you combine it with the drone shots and the dilapid. I'm just, Saudi, I'm excited because we have a screener. So I don't think with, um, one, I should mention, another hole in the head. They're doing an online component this year. Now, me and Oksana were talking earlier. I don't think you'll be able to watch Shadow Zombie. Wait, well, this episode will be up on Thursday. So uh, tomorrow, if you're listening the day of, uh, you better go to the New People Cinema and hang out with us. I now I, I know the New People's still doing, I think they have like a limit on how many people can go in there. They're like the only what? goddamn theater in the Bay Area who's still doing like a COVID restriction. I know, whatever. No, nah, we busting through the door. It, you know, it's a beautiful theater. It's literally underground and it's <laughs> Dolby Audio, which we've been talking a lot about bands and I'd be amiss if I didn't mention the audioscape in this film is something unlike every other film I've seen of yours. Like you really went to town with it. What, do you do you have yeah. like a special mix here or anything? <laughs> uh, well, we um, when um, <laughs> what so. are you going to make something up? That <laughs> I feel like you're preparing a lie right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, uh, when we were, I guess. Dan's friend Chase, uh, a friend of ours, um, who helped us in Night of the Rumpus, which is a film I made with Dan that Dane also stars as the one previously, as the one before Bride. And uh, he, uh, he, had, he, he was going on this just creative streak and he was sending all these files of music, you know, just based on what we had described that we we're going to be doing and, and, and what other the other films had and all this stuff. And he sent some really great stuff and we used parts of it. And, um, but then there was a, a, a moment where I don't know what it is. It, it, and it's, it's also far from where I was even with the first shadow zombie, like nine years ago or whatever. Um, and, and, and it's something with, not popular music, but with music that has lyrics and a specific voice. And um, because we were dealing with uh, table snot and like this specific type of music, like I couldn't just put, and we tried stuff, you know, stuff that would be just like, woo, just like pretty. And, and you're like, no, 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 no. Like, but, 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 but it would hit like this the melancholic tone, but no, it wasn't. Um, just any, and, and, and then harder music, like just like crazy old school stuff that we had from back in the day from this band, I Speak Revival, which is featured there, a band that just metal awesome band from back in the day. Um, it just, it was just, there's nothing in between. And then I, I just started looking through just like occult 60s, just uh, 60s, just obscure, just dilapidated stuff online and um i found just a bunch of obscure shit and some of it is not um which might you know by the end of the day it just depends on just like the first shadow zombie a lot of the 
music shifts and 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 gets before the release it just gets sort of kind of a little bit more manipulated and some stuff gets taken out fat tuesday had that all the films have had that sisters um and uh yeah all of them uh um, well, sunwalkers so, did my theme song in the car the, yeah yeah the song that and also repeating. also the theme in the beginning and Here's in the middle and sort of the end is, is done by Paige Campbell from Hope for a Golden Summer. And she composes with her sister and they do a lot of beautiful music. And uh, she just did something a little bit more dissonant, which we were talking about noise uh, earlier, like to evolve the idea of like noise and chaos to like dissonance and feel like that's the note we're supposed to hear, even though it's completely out of tune and it's trying to harmonize with something that's completely out of tune, but they're completely in sync in something. So there, there's just this really weird split when you're perceiving that type of music it's, and it's noise, but it's, it's more dissonant and just melancholic in a drunken way, like melancholic, alcoholic, uh, just, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, have, have you slowly at that? Yeah. I don't, to connect to your point about that, have you seen the movie You Were Never Really Here with Joaquin Phoenix? Uh, uh, yes. Familiar. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you remember in the beginning, like talking about how like noise plays like an important part. I, I saw yeah, it in that's theaters. A good soundtrack, actually. Yeah, like like so I, I I went into that movie blind, right? And the first, right when I knew this movie was gonna be something different was in the beginning. It's not gonna spoil anything, but like you just see a shot of like Joaquin Phoenix like like breaking the cell phone and walking out of like this hotel, and then you start hearing guitars. So then naturally, like we've all heard guitars and like in you know in every part of music, and especially in like soundtracks. But then it the guitar start start to sound like it's it's being like down tuned or something like that. it's it's slowly begin- yeah detuned yeah yeah it's like detuned and it's like slowly getting manipulated like whoa wait this is something different and it's like it's almost like it's already signaling to you like this ain't gonna be any like <laughs> normal film that you've seen so i really like how just like your music background has just really influenced the way we just kind of like take in the story and just it, it's you're you're messing with people's minds with the music that's preparing them for like the fucked up shit that you want to watch because that's how I felt with Shadow Zombie too like just well it's wonderful too where it's like you, you create that place where things are just stacked but they're not really in place and that's that's yeah. a film a film is just a bunch of things roaming around stacked and they somehow start falling into place and tightening up until they just becomes one thing and you know it, it just it, there's a progression and i and 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 there's those moments where the, there's all this dissonance and then you put that right piece that is all in tune that it's all in unison that it's a choir and it just you feel it and it's you're not being really just forced to yeah it, it that's how i think this movie shifts emotionally um it's through these weird audio gasps um um of kim you know and me i, I during the whole film i had to when i i decided because his presence is he disappeared appears into a scene with a lot of people it, 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 it had to focus on his rhythm um and walk at his pace therefore everybody would walk with the camera 
And we would always know that he's the focus because we are going at his pace and we're turning with him. And, um, and, and, and I'm not saying this is some citizen can, Oh, look, I, you know, it's a panning. No, it, it, it's not that it's, it's, it's very just consistency of like committing to this docu narrative and this character. And, um, and, and I think, the music is just molasses on top of like lava, molasses, lava. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. Um, in music, like, yeah, like we talked about earlier, it's just a huge thing for us. I think. Yeah. I, lo- I, I love, oh, Jorge, I love hearing you try to articulate that just like music <laughs> oh, and like, oh. <laughs> because it is hard. It, it is really like ethereal, but you know, before I, I do want to come back to music, but wait, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. No, I just have to say this is, I keep forgetting. And I have to say that's about Dane before all this happened. Dane, Dane and I's friendship got totally fully rekindled when I, when we worked on two modest mouse videos and two lamb of God videos back to back within like two and a half months for Epic. And uh, uh, he's he is in every video, and in the Lamb of God videos, he plays a hobo priest. That <laughs> I mean, the, the the Modest Mouse videos are exquisite, and Lamb of God, yes, there were you know challenges um, because the budgets were so different, and uh, but uh, he plays. He was there also as a producer, helping me find, we didn't have a crew when we landed in Virginia to shoot the video. And by that afternoon, by going to the river, we, we met people that did makeup and we're all in the film and we're all in the fucking thing. And Damn. that's how we cast the whole fucking thing. By the time Epic came down, they were like, okay, so I haven't heard from you guys. What is this going on here? And and you know, and I'm like, uh, we just shot it. It's already shot. And like, what? We just need to shoot the band. I was like, oh, okay, cool, looks great. And like, you know, and so they they just give us they just give me a bunch of shit really quick. And um, the yeah, the first two Modest Mouse videos, Dane had a huge. Uh, we had just made the documentary for Athens, so I was like, oh, let's go back there, and we made the first video of Lampshades on Fire from there album that came out in 2015 and uh it was like the big comeback and it there were just these epic fucking videos i there were just so much i mean you watch them and you're like how can these people have not been having the best like <laughs> fucking fun like it, there's well, no didn't, hiding uh, in. didn't isaac brock ask to for you to do it because he saw the Shadow zombie. zombie. Oh, oh shit! Right, fuck. No, he actually saw the trailer that his bass player showed him. Um, Russell, a uh, good friend, um, who just by chance because they were talking about inspirations, and he saw the trailer. And then he, th- three in the morning, Isaac Brock calls me. And I remember just looking at the number. I was like, oh, whatever. And I, <laughs> you know, and, and then I, I wake up at seven and I listen to the message. I like, wait, what the fuck? And I'm like, what? And I, I call him back. And he's like, yeah, I saw your trailer and, and you, I just want you to do the first video inspired by this, this, I don't know, make it look like, he said, make it look like the trailer. He played the trailer and he played his song along with it and he said it matched up perfectly. And he's like, (laughs) 
can we just use this trailer? <laughs> <laughs> like he wanted to use the I actual know. trailer for Shadow Zombie for his that video. Was crazy. And, um, no, and, I, and but so but instead they just gave us thirty-one times the budget that Shadow Zombie originally Holy you shit. Know, cost <laughs> to make as a feature for one video. They gave us like sixty-five k. Shadow Zombie was only like two grand. Like we, Shadow Zombie. We just had all the equipment and the talent, and just 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 have to, have to know where the narrative is and where to point the camera. And doesn't matter if you know the, yeah, it doesn't matter if you know how to type really fast for a script. And yeah, I mean, we were also the angles, to yeah. get, uh Natasha Leon to be in that. Oh yeah, Natasha Leon. I got met Natasha. She's in the first video. Um, she um, I used to work at this really really shitty. <laughs> really, really, shitty, really really shitty movie theater uh at the end on west on the on west houston in new york city and uh really shitty but the one thing that was great about it is that i met natasha and she would go there for just all these repertoire like repertory like stuff um and uh i don't know we she just she gave me tickets to her play when she was Doing this play, I blew from a stone in Manhattan with Ethan Hawke, and then we went out for drinks, and then we just kind of stayed in touch. And then I just remember texting her and be like, "Hey, Epic wants me to do this, and you want to do this?" And I mean, it was like I didn't even have to. She was like, "Modest Mouse, yes." And then she flew, <laughs> in, for one, she, she flew in for one day, and we had a blast. And yeah, she's 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 awesome. She's super. I, like I still, I we're like Epic was getting this video and I was just like asking this cool person I knew and they just, and she just didn't even want to get paid. I mean, we paid her, but she just didn't care. Um, she just, you know, she was, she was, yeah, she's awesome. And, uh, and then we met at the second video, which was like more of a game, Game of Thrones uh, satire that I, Isaac brought. That's how it gets started, but then it turned to a whole dark thing, different <laughs> thing, and, and Dane's in it holding like a. St- what, explain your character, Dane, really quick. You had a staff of dildos. What is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Isaac wanted like uh, all these, all these lords, stump lords, and um, we had the art. The art director on that video was uh, Amy um, Everson, Everson from Felt. She stars yeah. in Felt. Mm. Yeah. And um, so she designed all these crowns for everybody and match matching scepters. And she, she built them all. And mine was a crown of toothbrushes. And then I had a, a, a scepter uh, of three dildos. It was a tri-dildo scepter. And uh, I believe that's my, uh, my profile pic on Skype right here. <laughs> and we shot that over like a hill in um in portland like right outside of portland yeah it was a, a in this mountainside where there, all the trees are completely cut it's just completely a dead and everybody's i mean it, it's an it's it's cg fucking yeah it's got so much stuff in there um and then and then immediately after that we did two lamb of god videos in two weeks which you can tell the budget difference and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> lamb of god <laughs> But you know, Lamb of God, if you listen, I will make the best video now. <laughs> <laughs> Why were those two not good? 
no, no, they're, no, they're, no, they're fucking like 20 million views. I don't, I mean, I guess that's normal yeah. for them, but whatever. But, but, but it's just like, if you'd given me the, see, we were doing that in two weeks and we're, we're, it's like 20 K. Yeah. So they wanted us to do God three videos, three Wait, videos yeah. one in private, right. two in Richmond right. and, um, and, yeah. They gave us a third of the budget that they gave us for the first Modest Mouse video, and yeah, the second travel. We had to travel with it, yeah, as part of our budget. And like, uh, fly, we had to fly. We flew Banker around and got, you know, Banker's kind of expensive. Like, you know, <laughs> he, has a lot, he has a lot of needs if he's going to be on our project. So, yeah. you know, yeah, no, he actually he actually that. dropped out, dropped out of Lamb of God. Like he was like he got another job and he just left. Oh. <laughs> so so he gave me this other person and they he was good. No, no, no. They did the first take and I was like, holy oh, right. no. And I was like, I had to grab the camera and I shot. Basically, the uh, most of it, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But then that, that led to like writing. I like I wrote like uh, for Travis. They asked me to do stuff for Travis Scott, and I was like hey. writing stuff like Sicko Mode, and uh, and then it was like between all these directors, and they were like, "Oh, he's gonna love you," and and I was like talking to like wolf trainers and like horse trainers and then he's on peyote and like and on the plant so he can't be on the call and then they're like okay well then do high higher highest in the room and then r.i.p you know uh, screw i mean all these all this stuff came from that from all that stuff but they never materialized because i mean we got some insane shit it was amazing it was like Fucking like Travis Scott in a lapidated mansion. He's like with four women, and they're all like deep faked with deep deep faked with his face. And then he like kisses oh, kisses his daughters good night, and they're all like deep faked deep faked with his face. And there's like you know flocks of drones by the moon, and like he's he's just more elongated version, but he's red like a devil based on this beautiful film. Uh, that we had seen and uh so it was just a lot of maybe it was just too much but it was we were totally like hitting like a very crazy zone where if that would have happened that would have kept on what we had started with with those guys because they even a clip they asked me to do a Ke- kelly clark clarkson <laughs> video um we immediately after because lamb of god came about because sony was playing the video because epic is in the sony it, Sony owns Epic. They're in the they're in the same building, you know, obviously, you know, whatever. And uh, and um, on the huge screens, they were playing the Modest Mouse stuff because the video looks crazy. Uh, they they were just like they took us to dinner the first day. They were like, you guys are and Rosanna Goodman, the most amazing music video producer. Um, she was just like, we're taking you guys to out to dinner. This is gonna be awesome because they just witnessed like a half pipe in the woods and people skating with skateboards on fire. (laughs) I I wonder how that's, I wonder how your sicko mode version would have been because I, because I saw the video that came out and it was to me, I'm like, it was, I really, I liked the song when it came out, but then it was just like the video was like, ah, whatever. But 
a Jorge Torres Torres fucking. Have you have you seen video? any of the the music videos he's talked about so far? No, I'm literally no, I'm about to here's go the watch thing. all of them. After <laughs> after I watched Felt, I uh I I I felt that movie and I felt like deeply like impacted. <laughs> I know. So I went online and I did like lame research and I found I I couldn't remember how I got to the Modest Mouse videos, but yeah, Amy had to be it. And I remember watching, I was like, oh, man, I'm not a Modest Mouse fan. But that Lampshades video, I was like, oh, no, but I can fuck. Dude, it's so good. I added it to a playlist. We got to watch this. When we're done here, I'll definitely. I recommend anybody go check out those music videos. They're all great. And, you know, I mean, we do a film podcast and we talk about film all the time. One of my harshest critiques is how people film either bands or music videos because they kind of fall into like an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. Like when music videos had millions of dollars behind them, you kind of got the same format all the time. And in film, man, capturing a band, I hate it when they're like, like really there, there are two modes that you get a lot and you get one like static camera and you really kind of become a vampire like you're almost like a digital vampire of the energy on stage because you're not really capturing it or you have like super heavily edited like every uh fill of the drums there's a cut to the drum set and like you know and every time the bassist sticks his tongue out you're like right up there with them (laughs) and i remember watching raw and raw there's a beautiful long shot of a um of uh, the protagonist walking through a crowd at a at a show, and I remember that was like one of the first times I ever was like, "Oh, this is how you film music." Yeah. But you know, the, the reason I, I brought up the the music in Bride of um, Shadow Zombie is I got the feeling I got when I what the hell was that Nirvana documentary where all they played a ton of music and it was really loud. Do you remember? You remember watching that Oxana? No. There was, was one. That the year punk broke. Maybe I'd have to I'd have to look it up. That was uh, Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Jr. and Nirvana. Yeah, I can't. Was it, a, was it a different one? No, I think this one was just focused on like Nirvana. It might have even been that documentary about him and um, Courtney Love and Courtney. Mm, okay. I don't know, but the music in that movie, like you know how when you're watching a film and the levels are just fucking all over the place. Oh, curtain core. Uh, uh, Kurt and Corny, uh, uh, yeah, because um, they they didn't own it. They couldn't use any of the music. Maybe maybe that's what you're talking about. Because that doc just had to show a bunch of other stuff that just wasn't licensed. Basically, I, I'm pretty sure that maybe it had to do with maybe if this is the movie we're talking about. Because I remember seeing, seeing that in the theater. It like, might um, be, and you know, God damn it, Randy, if you were here, he would know because I remember I talked to him about it, <laughs> and the theater experience was almost punishing. Because you're in there and it's like you hit a wall of sound, but it's kind of appropriate. And I, I'm trying to predict what it's going to be like with Bride. Now, actually, Jorge, are you the type of director that when you show up, do you want to get into the booth? And are you because we've we've <laughs> dealt with this before where we have directors and they're like, hey, when is my movie playing and uh, who will be operating the projector? I'd like to go in there and look at the levels. And what? and honestly, I'm of the I'm of the ilk. I think that's fucking cool. Like when a director is, you know, they want to conduct their movie to the T kind of thing. I'm like, hey, power to you. But, you know, we're going to be in a Dolby theater on Friday. So I'm kind of curious. Well, um, I 
think I might have to do it for this one because. Oh, I knew you would. You're talking about this, taking the camera out of somebody's hand over at this music video. No, no, I, no, no. I feel, I feel his situation. I, well, I've been in a situation well, like that, that so that, I get that it. That was because once I saw that first take, the math just almost blew my fucking head off. My neck. <laughs> like I was like, uh, "What? We're not gonna be here for two months. There's no fucking way. We got to do this now." So yeah, yeah no, uh, I, I, I would do that, but. Um, I do it sometimes, but for this one, just because it's not, the audio is not going to be how it's going to be released whenever it's actually oh, I gotcha. out there. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I might just want to be like, I, I have a reference point where I want to make sure that that doesn't peak or doesn't do any damage to a human or a machine. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I like that. that. So do you have like or, or, or any or anybody that's half and half cyborg, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember when we saw um, Fat Tuesday at the Atlanta. Um, there was some some sound issues, like especially with when the uh, with all the crowd noise from there's a lot of peaking, and I don't know. I don't think you did any setup. I think. You just let them flow with that. <laughs> yeah. I think we went to that festival, Dane and I, and um, I think Dane went to a couple of movies, but um, I think all we did was rock, walk around the neighborhood in Atlanta and watch um, movies. And uh, I mean, I watch houses and, and, and say, that's a cute one. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the house hunters. <laughs> now, now Dane. Smoking weed. Yeah. We're just smoking a big joint. Yeah. Ah. Dude, Dane, so we've talked about you being in all these bands. Now, in Brighta, Shadow Zombie, are you are you playing it down? Because I you, I don't want to reveal any of the story. Okay, good. Jorge's shaking his head no. Oh God, don't. What do, what what do you mean playing it down? What, no, what like, do I don't know, because there's a specific aesthetic that's coming <laughs> through there. And I'm trying to see, like, is that, is this the show you normally put on? Or are you, like playing a character you know what jorge didn't really like give us anything to practice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he didn't really let us like write any songs or like anything we just had to like he would set up and he'd be like all right go for it and um you know uh i mean i'm, I'm not the greatest musician in the world uh per se but um I mean, that was part of my decision like, making. I, I was going to say, of- no, I, you know, I've talked to Jorge enough. I, he knew what he was doing. And you, you know, like, Dan- be magic. It was magic. I, I wish I could include the whole fucking time I was there in that room and they were trying to figure out something because it, you could see it. You could see 1995, 2020, 1995, 2021. And I just felt like it was just like, ah, it was like, it was there but anyway no i you know jorge Jorge knew what he was doing and i don't what was the venue they were playing in um i forget the name of the actual venue i'm sure it's in the credits somewhere but um dude what a cool what i love the way it looked they're, they're awesome they were so sweet and let us do that and god god bless their hearts man now, if, if yeah. I could set, like, there's a particular moment I'm talking about, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but man, it really felt like 
like in Oakland when you're going to see a show and you're you you have an address and you're like, is this a real venue? <laughs> and you know, and there's a staff there and everybody's doing their thing, but you're kind of like, that looks like an exterior house door on stage. <laughs> like, it, dude, I love that setup. And you know, you get Kim and Dane up there, and that that like anxious excitement, that energy is so palpable. That I was like, dude, they like either y'all are like the best actors or Jorge set y'all up. <laughs> well, well, no, we set up the show and Dane starts playing, and I'm filming Dane out. I mean, it's one camera the whole time, but you would, I'm, you know, I trick, I trick it, and then I'm, I'm, I'm shooting these guys outside. And it's like, boom, you know, they're playing this, this beat. Oh, and it goes on forever until Dane stops for a second. I mean, this goes on for like two and a half minutes, and then I go back there, and he's just blowing his nose. And, uh, <laughs> just, and, and I'm like, and, and I'm like, keep going. And I was like, Dane, all right, keep going. This is it. This is it. Because I, my, my, I was, my brain was crying with laughter. I was like, this, is, this is it. And then when I get him, I, I get him to do, I get him to. Not, not to do anything, just to basically like wait till I go around so you can come out. And again, the audio editing, I make it all like feel kind of, you know, it's all one moment, but it does feel like it. And he's so tired at this point. And, and you know, he probably forgot that I sent action or that we were recording. <laughs> and uh, so, so he, after all that, he makes it out as he's making, if you, if you watch the film, he's, He's walking onto the stage through a door, yeah. like a garage door. I don't know. It seems so permanent too. I, it doesn't seem like just a prop. It's just so like what? And then, but as he walks, he's so tired. He just crashes into it. He's like, <laughs> oh boy. And then he gets up there, and I'm like, okay, cool. Anything at this point, we're riding a, a, a wave. This is good. And then Kim, he just goes. He just goes. To Dane, like, is that what you're playing? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Dane is playing the song. And he's like, what? And and Kim is just like, is that what you're gonna be playing? And, and it's just like, oh man, it's just that whole thing was was just them. It was us just being there, man. And it was great. And it just kind of being like, okay, this is it now. You know, I knew there was gonna be an intro, but this. You know, I caught him blowing his nose. All that stuff's real. He didn't fake to blow his nose. That's all real. Please give him an award. You know, I, uh, yeah. Now, to me, I, I didn't know what was orchestrated and what wasn't. I mean, this is kind of one of your hallmarks, like this blurring reality and fiction. And uh, the only thing I could think of is, you know, all these weird shows that I've been to that I have like fond memories of. And, you know, you're in the room and it's usually a sparsely populated room and it's really a vibe you're like tapping into. And every now and then somebody would record one of these nights and you go back and you listen to it and you're like, that's not it. And it's really not about like what was captured. It's about like being a part of it. And I just kept like watching that on screen. I was like, dude, it was probably so fucking cool to be one of the four people in there. Now, <laughs> you did have you did have like a small crowd. Were these all people that you knew? Like, are they uh, all friends? Yeah, we we asked we asked them to show up, and they're mainly characters that were kind of in in something like Shane was there and Tiffany, who's 
Um, yeah. She's a person who's responsible for the box full of 20 hour plus hours of just them. Yeah. Uh, um, in their a lot of the years. She's the girl standing by this stage. Um, and then the people, the rest of the, the two, three other people were just related to our, our drummer through the drummer, Sean was in the sound booth, the guy with the orange hair. Yeah. Um, they were just there because, you know, they were his ride, I think. <laughs> yeah. So he had a friend. Yeah. He had a couple friends with him and we asked Tiffany to be there and Shane to be there. Um, cause they were, you know, connected in the film somehow. And, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe the the person who unlocked the club for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you y'all actually didn't break in. It, it was hard to tell. <laughs> and Shane, the guy from the first movie, he's the other guy to the to on the other side on the stage. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Whatever. He, he's he's just the other guy. It's the the only two people that actually focus on the other people are just in the background. But those are two very integral people that are in the footage from 1995. Shane is almost unrecognizable. Um, it just looks very different. Um, I think everybody kind of does a little bit except Brandy, which she's just as the sweetest, you know this woman that's been our friend for the longest time she was she loved our movie october groundfly our our band of october groundfly back in the day and she was always there and she made it into a lot of that footage because she was friends with the tiffany gotcherson the, the the girl at the show and yeah and, tiffany yeah. had a camera and she would come and tape the shows for us and uh you know tango, tape her friends hanging out smoking weed in the closet and uh, a lot of people would go to her mom's house and to like take advantage of her pool and and uh had had green water. Oh. Yeah. That water was actually that color, yeah. Yeah, I've been I didn't that's green. I I mean unless my eyes Now Jorge, at any point did you consider like actually advertising a show and trying to get like walk ins to come in? No, because I mean even Mardi Gras was like canceled so the idea of even getting a show and then the thing is like we live imagine this this place that we grew up as teenagers when we were young and we have strength and there's still like liquid in our bodies making us <laughs> move around <laughs> unlike now that we're all dried up um but and we still couldn't make lafayette fun we struggled we we were terrorists of social terrorists i think we, we we did some things that you know can be too specific but they're lovely they're inspirational <laughs> like 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 stealing the famous you know bro you know bar <laughs> don't don't incriminate sign, yourself you know, here <laughs> yeah and you know i i figured you hadn't because you know the end product is you know it is a fictional story and our our lead is kind of surrounded by ghosts at this point and your mixed media skill of editing like with all that home video mixed with like current covid people man it re you really paint crowley as this weird purgatory for a, a character that you know an audience just you can't help but love shadow zombie i don't know Man, also, you, Crowley, we also shot in Rain, right? Bain, uh, rain is another town. All the frogs, that's Rain. It's right. just, there were uh, those frogs that 
you see in the film these these structures there were like dozens i just showed the ones that i mean i wish i felt i just couldn't just slow down too much but it was just it was insanity this this just the artwork of, of the of a town that's known for the what, the frog festival dane is it rice festival uh crowley had the rice festival and rain had a frog festival <laughs> every town had its own harvest festival <laughs> uh you know there's there's the cattle festival the uh the crawfish festival was in Brobridge. Ooh, crawfish um, i love crawfish crawfish sounds good but i think the frog one sugar cane yeah every every small town would have some kind of reason to put up carnival rides and um to have parades and stuff and it would happen you know throughout the year so not not just during mardi gras so dane are are you in new york too or are you back in crowley where are you living now uh i'm in athens georgia at the moment are you are you thinking of hooking up with Jorge for more films in the future? Or? Uh, yeah, we're talking about doing a this and that. Um, um, I think there are a few ideas rolling around on the table. Um, I'm not sure which one we're going to go go at. I, I don't. I don't think the world has seen a very emotionally grounded, you know, Bigfoot movie. You know, <laughs> Bigfoot, Bigfoot size. Oh, shit. Um, and the loss of children. You got to do the Rougarou if you're going to be in Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I've, I've my, our friend Tristan Cohen, who is a writer and works, uh, he's worked he, with Dane on some podcasts. What, what, what are they? Uh, Adventures in New America. He also was the narrator in FTW. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, and in FTW, there's a scene where he's narrating, talking about Dane as Dane is coming out of the sewers, and he's making up this all this crazy shit about Dane. And it's footage that I shot of Dane walking through the sewers, getting beat up by our friends, just jokingly. Um, but that's just a collaboration of all our friends, just like distorting like those little memories and just making them into like FTW, basically. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, I mean, I've kept you guys for ninety minutes. I don't know. Do you want to hang well, out? I can let you go. We kept you for 90 minutes. No, <laughs> so, not at all. Uh, uh, Dane, don't listen to him. We've been trying. To, we put our hooks in Jorge. We're we're obsessed with his films. And now that I know you're an FTW, I think uh, we might have to drag you out here, too. Oh, wait. So, Dane, are you going to come out for Friday? Uh, no, I'm not going to be able to make it. <sighs> Boo. Dane actually, in Night of the Rumpus, he plays this character and the character that makes these action figures um and dane has, for years now um also incorporated this element into a peculiar noise the other doc uh, that's how things would bleed into it but dane makes some pretty hardcore shit um he i mean he yeah he's made shadow zombie fucking the series of action figures for shadow zombie oh. shadow zombie the dad brandy he also did a couple of figures for Modest Mouse stuff. He did for um, he did a uh, he did one of me as a director. Just as I mean, he had the oh, packaging beautiful, and he does all these. Actually, what am I doing describing? Because I don't even know how to describe. He does this. But, but what is it? <laughs> it's uh, I mean, it's I'm basically like customized figures, um, existing figures to like make characters of whatever I want. 
How can um, I get a shadow zombie <laughs> action? Yeah, do you have like an <laughs> Instagram or do you sell oh, them? Shit. Um, shit, shit. I, from time to time, yes, I do. Um, my Instagram oh. is Demarks Toys. Um, you can also search Buzzard Guts, and usually it's the first thing that comes up. Um, I do a lot of like, we call it bootleg action figures. It's basically like, you know, doing kit bashes of, of action figures and then doing some kind of parody twist on it and um original card art and you know making it look package worthy like a say like a vintage kenner um style star wars action figure um no i totally understand i've actually done card art for uh, a couple people before and i'm not i'm not a great photoshop artist but you know i'm better than nothing so I am completely aware and totally interested. That's yeah. what, did, did you find him? Yeah, I found him. I've, I've followed you. I don't know if you see, but I'm following you now. And uh, oh, cool. I will be DMing you about this. <laughs> I, was, I need that in my life. <laughs> uh, we're also jokingly earlier, uh, a film that my dad had shown me when I was like probably six, very young, where, where it was just was frightening. It was a weekday, and you just show all these films in in, in, our, in the biggest room in the house, and you know the projector, and you had this Mexican horror film called Los Muñecos Infernales, um, the Infernal Dolls, and it was just low budget, and this guy would kill these people and take their heart out and put it in these dolls that were the size of you know little people, and. Um, uh, it was just disturbing because they wore this fucked up mask. It was black and white from the 50s, fucked up mask of the people they kill and very disturbing. And they have a needle. And and I was like, Dan, you're my Geppetto. Like, we need to we need to do a, a remake, you know, shot for shot of this. This is, Ooh. dude, I'm, I can translate. I'm, I know Spanish. <laughs> and anyway, that, that's just, we were just talking about that earlier. It was funny. Not that, yeah. that sounds that sounds hella interesting. What was uh, it was called the Infernal Dolls? Yeah, and, and the yeah, idea of like doing something with Yeah. I don't know if you can find it under that. Maybe. Okay, well send it would have to be Los Los Muñecos Infernales. Did you get that, Oksana? So <laughs> here's the thing. While we're talking, she does a video capture and just tries to keep up with all the, the things we drop for a YouTube video that will probably be out in like months. But well, I'm, I'm curious. I saw you attempt to start typing that and then you abandoned. No, I just typed the English translation because. Did you find it? I, I'm not sure. It, there is one. Is it the director Roberto Guinar? From 1992, unless there's another. Well, he said the 50s, right? Oh no, no, yeah, it's 50. Oh my God, here it is. Um, let me see if because your dad showed it to you on reel to reel. Whoa! Oh yeah. What? Okay, it's called Muñecos Infernal. It's yeah. It's um. I'll I'll just send it. Do you still have that on the? Yeah, she found it. She found it. She found it. It's yeah. It was it's. Yeah, it was a low budget, and it just fucked with me. You don't want to show that to a six-year-old <laughs> on a projector on, on the biggest room of the house. You know, I just what? like he would always take the we wouldn't park the cars inside the house <laughs> inside the garage because he'd turn the garage into a theater. 
with all the pictures of all the movies and actors that he had like gotten signed and and then and during the day he you know was part of the csi department in puerto rico he was a detective he was wow police, but, shit well uh, he was i that's what i thought his i didn't know all this until a few years ago when my sister passed my half sister natalie and uh i spoke to my half brother older brother jorge enrique and he told me um yeah didn't you know he was part of like the first csi department established damn 70s or 80s and and then i'd see him on tv talking about like they'd interview him when like some like host of a tv show got found like burnt alive in a trunk of a car (laughs) um uh i remember hearing that those news in the car going to school in this white herbie volkswagen and uh then at, later in the afternoon, you'd see the news and he'd be interviewed. And um, it was funny. He'd just, you know, like that. Well, I don't have a cool yeah. job like that. But for <laughs> years, we definitely, uh, my parents were not happy about not parking in the garage because we also turned it into a theater. <laughs> and that's where we would do all of our, yeah, yeah all of our early Overlook <laughs> stuff. We just harassed yeah. people to come over and um, watch movies. So yeah, we're definitely kindred souls here. Well, yeah. rehearsal space or cinema, one of the two. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm glad I quit guitar because I was not very good at it. Well, Jorge, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you on Friday. I, I heard you have an early fright, flight Saturday, though. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're doing a whole, we're hanging out till, so we'll squeeze in some time, make all of us and actually meet. If, if all of you are meet all, you know, get to we getting drunk. <laughs> We're gonna harass you. <laughs> We're gonna take you to a bar called Dimples Underground. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the type of bar when you walk in, everybody's smoking until they look at you and then they put it out and pretend like it wasn't happening. <laughs> and then you you have to convince them like, no, no, we're cool. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Wait, was that that creepy one with mirrors? So... Yeah, it's like right next. To, oh, that place looks. It, it actually it looks very like. I, I want to film in there. Yeah, no, it looks like yeah. a place you would want to film in. Yeah, yeah. for Lost sure. Lost in time for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna let them all go so <laughs> clark will be back next week thanks for hanging out uh jorge D- dane i love you love you guys thank you